You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Praise the Lord, it is good, good. How about turning with me to the book of Mark chapter 2. Uh, verse 27. I'm going to sit down a little bit this morning. And uh, while you're going there to Mark chapter 2, verse 27, it, it is just great. Uh, I, I can't, I'm just so overwhelmed still everywhere I go. I went to Elkins by myself yesterday. I drove clear there to walk through a car show. I was there about 25 minutes and, and I got back in my truck and left and there was four different uh, individuals and families that came up that I've never seen before in my life. Uh, they've watched us on live stream or TV and said, aren't you Pastor Robert? And I knew where the conversation was headed and they had prayed for me. And, uh, and I'm very, very thankful. Um, I had hundreds of text messages, and this morning I had the opportunity to meet a, a new family that's here today that sent me a, a, an incredible letter uh, while I was sick, and they have watched this on a live stream, and these fans are kind of blowing right in the microphone there. So I was able to thank them this morning. So uh, let's all stand for the re- I, I don't know whether to stand or sit down. I'm just... Let's all stand if we're able for the reading of the Word of God. The title this morning, I feel like I drank 12 cups of coffee and I've never had coffee in my life, but I'm just kind of wound up this morning. Um, Rest in God's provision. I want you to think back of how good God has been and provided everything you've needed in your life. I thought about that this week that you and I are here today. We are still on this planet. So that tells me that God has provided everything that we have needed. Can you say amen? Amen. So let's look at Mark chapter 2. Jesus makes a revolutionary declaration to the Pharisees. And he said in verse 27, and and with the help of the, the Spirit of the Lord this morning, I just want to teach a little bit. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man. I want you to think about that. He said to the Pharisees, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Pastor Aaron, why don't you bless the reading of the word of God? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful, Lord God. Mm. Lord, we're thankful for the freedom that we have as we celebrate July 4th, Lord God. But there's no greater freedom, Lord God, than having mm-hmm. salvation. That's right. The love that you gave, Lord God, the love of your son, Lord God, who died on a cross, who rose again, Lord God, that resurrection power, Lord God. Father, we're asking, Lord, that resurrection power to just be released into this place today, Lord God. Father, I pray the blessing of the word would just be receptive in our spirits, Lord God. Father, I pray your blessing on pastor, Lord God, the anointing that he's that he studied the word, Lord God, just be released, Lord God. And Lord, have your way in this place in the name of Jesus. And amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to read that again. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Sabbath brings to mind how God created the world in six days. I want you to think about that. Six days God created the world. So what came on the seventh day? Rest. Somebody say rest. 
God made man at the end of the sixth day. So why did God make man at the end of the sixth day? Is because God wanted man to step into the world with every provision that he needed. So at the end of the sixth day, God made man, and on the seventh day, we were to rest. God made man, this is, we are restored both physically and spiritually when we take time to rest and focus on God. You cannot put a value on the Sabbath day. For you, I never understood when I was growing up, my mom and dad, you've heard me say I had a drug problem, they drugged my hind in the church. And it was every single Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and anybody else in the valley that was having a revival, that's where we were. But my mom and dad would not miss a Sunday. And I never really understood why, but I do now. They understood the value of the Sabbath day, not just to worship God, but the Sabbath day, God gives us rest. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you believe that, give God a hand clap of praise this morning. I'm 59 years old and I was thinking about this yesterday, some 50 years ago, which is very, very uh, uh, minimal, hardly no time at all. And those that have lived long enough can remember that 50 years ago, Lynn, hardly nobody opened up on Sundays. Am I right or am I wrong? Hardly nobody, and then a little bit at a time, the world starts saying, well, it will be better if we open a half. It will be better, it will be better. No, it has gotten worse. Uh, can someone say amen? Why? Because we don't understand the value that that's when God, on the seventh day, God brings us back to completeness, uh, and, and the number seven in the Bible is symbolic of complete, and on the seventh day, when we come to God's house, God revives us physically and spiritually. If you believe that, give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. The Sabbath instituted under the old covenant, and you can look later in Exodus chapter 16, it was a type and a shadow of a much greater spiritual reality. Now the New Testament is reality. And in 2 Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a, a holy day or of the new moon, now listen, or of the Sabbath days which are a shadow of things to come but the body is of Christ. We should never criticize fellow Christians who, whose traditions and ceremonies differ from ours. Now my Uncle John went to be with the Lord and my Uncle John didn't believe what I'm about to share, but my Uncle John was a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and that's when his Sabbath was and he never held that against me. He, maybe a couple times he tried to go there. I said, that's enough, Uncle John. But his pastor one time said to me, you have a large calling, a, a following. You have a large following. And I said, well, wait a second. I don't have a large following. The Lord has a large following. But said that I was 
leading them astray because we had church on Sunday and did not have church on Saturday, the real Sabbath. I believe God wants a day for our hearts. And I'm not going to criticize somebody else if they take Saturday, Friday, Thursday, whatever. I'm not going to argue. My Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God wants you and I to spend the day with him. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So the Sabbath is a reminder of God's promise to bring man back to completeness so that he could rest in God's provision. And I just believe, you call me old school, but I believe Sunday is a day of rest and a day that we come in to God's house and we bless God, but in return, God blesses us. He strengthens us physically and spiritually. Now, a friend of mine called me the other day and he had some hay down. And he said, I got rain in the forecast. He said, I don't know what to do. I said, put the hay up. The Bible said when the ox is in the ditch, you get him out of the ditch. Sunday night, I think it was last Sunday night, and I have a hard time sitting still, as you can tell. It was about eight o'clock that evening, and I loved to mow grass. And I thought, it's almost midnight. And it's gonna be 93 degrees tomorrow. And I got a long staff meeting, longer than normal because of the Will Graham celebration. And my grass needs mowed. Now I'm just gonna mow my front yard. And I honestly, I'm thinking there's no church on Sunday night, ain't none of them gonna know preachers out there mowing his grass. <laughs> and I took about three swipes and my phone went ding. And I knew who it was before I ever looked down. And I looked at that text and my wife said, are you mowing on the Sabbath? <laughs> so I guess we need some balance there, amen? God has not called us, listen to me. God wants to bring us back to completeness. God wants us to be able to rest in his provisions. And I find that the older I get, the more I'm able to rest in his provision. Has God ever let you down? I remember being laid off in the coal mines in 1981 and bills were stacking up and I would go to the mailbox and, and I know it was the day that the gas bill, the electric bill or whatever should come and it wasn't there and I would call the company and they would say somebody took care of that bill. So I know it was some godly person in the church uh, that had taken care of that, but it all came from God. Has God ever been good to anyone in this house? Has God provided for all of your needs? Uh, you ought to give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So God has not called us to toil all the time, to endure hard labor, but to enter into his rest. I'm not saying that we shouldn't work. I'm not saying that. Because here's what the Bible said in 1 Timothy 5 and 8, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house. Now listen, he says, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. 
Paul is saying that a person who neglects his own family responsibilities should not call himself a Christian. Now God doesn't expect for us to toil to the place it just messes our whole life up. But God expects us to work. And there's a lot of people watching us on live stream. And there's a lot of people, some 6,500 families a week watches us on WBOI. And many in this room today, if you are physically able to work, get off your hind end and get a job. Don't accept free money just because the government is given free money. Go to work and God will honor. Does anybody agree with that this morning? Good to see you. I didn't know you was there. Good to see you, Janet and John. Appreciate you. Love you. So here's a good example of living life without toil. And Jesus, listen, he uses a boat to teach a lesson. In Luke 5 and 4, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled, somebody say toiled, all the night and have taken nothing. And then he says, nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. Now toil is defined as labor with pain and fatigue, labor that oppresses the body and the mind. So don't go home and say, pastor said, you don't need a job. Because that's not what I'm saying. Peter obeyed the Lord, obeyed. The word obedience, most people don't like that word obedience. But when you're obedient to the word of the Lord, God will honor every single time and God will bless. Can somebody say amen? amen. So Peter obeyed in verse nine, for he was astonished. And all that were with him at the drop of the fishes which they had taken. He was astonished because he did it with no toil. Now, here's where I'm headed this morning. Toiling and running after provision is under the curse and became because of Adam's transgression in the Garden of Eden. Before Adam disobeyed God, everything that he needed was there. And all he had to do was tend to it and walk in the presence of God in the cool of the day and God would speak to him and he had everything that was provided to him as long as he was obedient. Very important here. Jesus was not telling Peter to go out into the deep to find a good fishing hole. He was telling Peter to go out into the deep that he would bring the fish to Peter. He would bring them to him. So are we toiling? Are we chasing after everything when all we gotta do is surrender to God? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. And I'm preaching that myself. We get so caught up in chasing everything, even on the Sabbath, even on the day that you can't put a price on. The majority of people will show up in God's house when it fits their schedule. The house I grew up, it was our schedule. It was our schedule. And I look back, Coach Bennett, I look back at my mom and dad's life, I don't see any toil. I don't see any major stress. Why? Because I understood the value 
of the Sabbath day that when they went to God's house, God replenished their strength. God restored them. God filled them up till their cup was running over and they didn't get sucked in to the world. Can someone put your hands together and bless the Lord? Jesus said, Peter, I'm going to make the fish come to you. I like that. I like that kind of blessing. Why do I have to wait till I'm 59 to figure it out? Why do I still struggle with that? When I'm obedient to God, I don't have to go, so to speak, looking for the fish. The fish come to me. The blessings come to me. Do you understand what I'm trying to teach? I hope I'm breaking it down. I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. Listen to me, very important. Jesus was saying, I'm not sending you to a greater fishing spot. I'm sending you to a place where they will come to you. Proverbs 10 and 22 says, the blessings of the Lord, it will maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. Wealth is only a blessing when you know how to use it the way God intended it. And when you figure that out, God will show up every time and show off. Since someone say amen. The NIV translation, and usually I read the King James, but the NIV translation says, the blessings of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil. Painful toil. You and I were not designed to run after the fish, so to speak. We wasn't designed that way. And I've been guilty most of my life running after stuff. I'm a get her done guy. Make it happen. But friend, I found that has been not the way that God wants. God wants to make it happen. And God can get it done. Do you believe that? Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. We serve an all-powerful God. Can someone say amen? I said we serve an all-powerful God. Put your faith in God. Put your faith in God and make him your only source. When you make God your only source, one of the Old Testament names for God is Jehovah Jireh. It's one of the many different names in the Old Testament means that God will provide. You're still here. It tells me God has provided everything that you need. God has supplied all of your needs. I want you to look back. Take a look back, Rosie and Danny. You told me the home you're living in now, you feel like you're on vacation every day of the year. Is that right? Well, who provided that home for you? God did. I look down the line and I see the people all all around the room. Chad, you're in a new facility right now. Chad cuts my hair. He's like George Jefferson. He's moving on up. He got a brand new business place, uh, a place of business. God has been good to all of us. God has been faithful to all of Jordan. I've heard your testimony. I hear the anointing of God that comes on your life before you was toiling, trying to chase the things of the world and you don't have to chase the things of the world. You gotta chase Jesus. And when you chase Jesus, the blessings of God will chase you down and overtake you. Give God a hand clap of praise. I want to know, I want to know how thankful, how thankful are we this morning? I just jotted down, I didn't give this to the media team, it was right before church. Someone say thankful. 
Psalms 95 and 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. You wonder what we're supposed to do when we enter into the presence of God? We ought to enter in with thanksgiving. We ought to come through the front door on Sunday morning with our hands up and with our shout on. Do you hear? Because God has been good to me and he's been good to you. My doctor told me this week, sitting in his office, he said, Robert, I didn't mention this to you before, but most people that went through what you went through are in a nursing home today. I got every reason to not chase after the things of the world and to chase after God and to say, God, you have been good to me. You've been good to my family. You've been good to my church. Give God a hand. If God's been good to you, will you stand and give God a crazy hand clap and a shout of praise? Remain standing. Remain standing. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Psalms 104, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Take a look back. When there was circumstances in your life that you didn't see a way out, but God is a way maker. Think about it, Anthony. When you was there at the hospital with that COVID. I don't know if Rusty's in the house or not. Rusty, is he in the house? Where you at, Rusty? Sitting right there. Chairman of our board, been faithful in the hospital some 30 days. Been months since he's been able to come to God's house. And today's the first day he's got every reason and we got every reason to lift up a hand clap of praise and a shout of praise. Just stand with me this morning. Can you stand? Are you able to? Are you getting tired? I said we serve an all powerful God. And David writes in Psalm 62 and five, my soul wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from him. Any other expectation other than what's coming from God will end up in frustration. Man was never to be driven by his environment. Man was never to be driven by his culture, by his peers. And in 2021, America is messed up. It's because we're chasing everything except God. And I believe we need to get back to the old days and I need to stay off of my mower at eight o'clock p.m. on a Sunday evening. <laughs> we're supposed to be led by our spirit, to live by his spiritual discernment, not by our five senses. The Bible says, the flesh without the spirit profiteth nothing, nothing. So allow me a couple minutes to speak about spiritual sight. In 2 Kings chapter six, verse 17, and Elisha prayed and he said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. Anyone reading this would know that the young man's eyes were open, he was not blind. And he was able to see the army that was surrounding them. But those were not the eyes that the prophet was praying that would be opened. Elisha's young servant, he saw the Syrian troops, the hillside, they were gonna be overtaken. 
stricken with terror and fear, he cried out to Elisha in dismay. When you look at the enemy that's surrounding you, don't focus on the enemy. Focus on God. Elisha sought to come and to give assurance to this young servant. And I love this in verse 16. And he answered, he said, fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. When I look at the voice and hear the voices of the people that are against the American dream and where America come from today, can I tell you, there is more that is with us than them that are against us. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Scripture goes on to say, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire that were around and about Elisha. These chariots were the angels of God, which were invisible in the natural eye. And I tell you, we got angels camped around us. So when we come to the problems and the the struggles of life, don't focus on the struggles. Get your spiritual eyesight open. May God open our blinded eyes. We have a man that I love dearly with us today. Bucky Booth sitting there in the back. And he's totally blind in the physical sense. But he can see better than anybody in this building that I know. He blesses my heart with his positive attitude, with his faith in God. And because of that, God continually chases him down and blesses him time and time again. May God open the eyes of America, the spiritual eyes that we can see that there is more with us than there is against us. Give God a hand clap. So what happened with one command? One command, and when they came down to him, here comes the enemy. Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite this people. He said, I pray thee with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. It put an immediate end to the battle. You gotta talk. It's not good enough to have the word in you. You gotta let it come out. You gotta let it come out. You gotta speak it, do you hear me? Speak the things that are not as if they were. You got to pray, you got to talk to God. Philippians four and six, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, unto the Lord. It's okay to call me and ask me to pray, but talk to God, can someone say amen? The lesson is this, you'll never fully function in God's kingdom until you discover that everything that you need, all your provision is already there. It's already there. What God is going to do for you, God has already done it for you. You got to bring it to life. You got to speak it. Listen to me. I pray that your eyes will be open to everything. I'm going to try to close here real quick because you've been standing for a while. You're starting to look picket, picket. Luke 1 and 37 and I'm... uh, This sums it all up, Pastor Rita. For with God, for with God, for with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing, nothing. It may seem impossible at times. Jesus told the disciples in the middle of the desert place as he was finishing a three-day teaching, he said, feed them before they leave. Feed them before they leave. Philip answered and he said, 
200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may eat. What Philip didn't realize is everything they needed, God had already provided. All he had to do was be obedient to the voice of the Lord and the Lord said, feed them, feed them. Scripture tells us that to just live by faith with two fish and five loaves of bread, 5,000 men plus women and children were fed. Nothing, somebody say nothing, is impossible with God. Philip started assessing the probable cause instead of assessing the power of Jehovah Jireh. God can do miracles, trust in him. So let your spirit produce what you need. Listen to Proverbs 20 and 27, the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. This simply means that God will use your spirit to guide you. Secret intelligence, I spoke a little bit about it at the joy class. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will, will teach you, will direct you. Can someone say amen? Proverbs 2 and 7, he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. Ask for a revelation. And I thought of this just this morning. What would we do if one of our little children came out of the kids' church this morning and said, hey, hey, pastor, I'm going to cure cancer someday. We, you know, we'd probably just kind of chuckle a little bit about it and go on. With God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. But friend, you got to work. Back to the work. I started out, I lied about my age. I was 15. I lied on the application. Okay, get over it. I lied. And I asked God to forgive me some years later, but I lied. Some of you looking at me right now like you never lied. And I worked at Sweet Williams Restaurant, and what a great place here in a moment for Bruce to be sarcastic. I was 15 years old. How many remember Sweet Williams Restaurant? Anybody? I had to wear this stupid looking hat, a white shirt, and a black bow tie, which I still think they look stupid. Oh boy, that wasn't good. <laughs> Somebody's got one on today and I'm in trouble. It just came out, I forgive me. I had to wear an apron. But you know what? We had a lot of fun there. And I didn't make hardly anything back then. You'll choose to bloom in your environment where you're planted. The next job and then the next job and I got laid off the coal mines and the drilling rigs and you just kept moving, you just kept moving. And when you realize that you do as unto the Lord wherever you're at, bloom where you're planted and work hard, God will bless you and we don't have to toil. We don't have to be oppressed in our minds and maybe some of you in here today don't like where you're working at. Why don't you go in with a better attitude tomorrow and say today's gonna be a different day and watch how God uses you. And I'll close in saying this, and I was praying this morning and this dropped in my spirit. God is gonna birth miracles from this place right here.
God is going to birth miracles. I didn't know about this until I think it was yesterday, but our praise band and our choir and all of them, they said Carrie was just on fire with the presence of the Lord. Our, our, our rehearsals on Thursday night sometimes go weeks without singing or playing, and they just worship and they pray with each other. And she was talking about miracles. And she said, if you don't ever see a miracle, look at our pastor, he's a miracle. But I'm telling you, God is going to continue to birth miracles out of this ministry. We serve a mighty God. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Come on, let's bless the Lord. God been good to any of us? <laughs> What's that? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, rest in God's provision. How many's how learned to rest in God's provision? How many's learned? Isn't it awesome? It's awesome. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Three people, three men give their life to Christ here last Sunday morning. And then on Tuesday morning, I was teaching joy class. We had 36 people I give a salvation invitation and a lady give her life to Christ for the first time. Jim Ratcliffe went to Snowshoe last Sunday to work the Christian Motorcycle Association. They led 99 bikers to Christ. 99. 99. I led a man to the Lord last Friday night at a wedding out in the middle of a meta going to my car. I just wonder who might be here today that the Lord has ordained this morning to be your morning. I ask you the question, what will you do with Jesus? Will you accept him or will you reject him? If you'll accept him this morning, he'll receive you into his family, into his kingdom, and he'll be your provider the rest of your days. So it's a personal question. Is your heart right with the Lord? If it's not, and you would like to make your heart right with the Lord, and I'm not gonna single you out, I'm not going to drag you down to this altar. But if death was to knock on your door today, would heaven be your home? It's a simple yes or a no. It's not a hope, maybe, think. Is heaven your home? If not, slip your hand up real high, right where you're at, and say this morning, Pastor, I'd like to ask Christ into my heart. Is there one? We're not going to tarry long, but I want to wait a moment. Is there one that today would like to give their life to Christ? Is there one? I see your hands. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, 
Sir, would you look right at me and pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, Lord. Write my name down in heaven. And I repent of my sins. And today, I make a decision to follow you to the best of my ability for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, and amen. Let's give God a great hand clap of praise. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Thank you.